So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and right over here, we have Jane Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jane? Hey, I'm good. I'm Excellent. hot. You're hot. I know I said we weren't going to talk about weather anymore, but brother... we got to talk about it today. Crap. It's on my list. It's on your list. Why is it on your list? Because I am actually in Canada, and I'm a degree hotter than you over in Texas. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be some kind of record. I heard that announcement us. earlier that you were one up on me, and I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm um, very proud of it, actually. And uh, so that... We, we, tonight is just a night of landmarks, I suppose. It is indeed. Uh, and that was one of the landmarks I had added to my list after I heard from you today. And um, so, what? I, I wonder what else landmarks we have today. Oh, something about an anniversary. Something about an anniversary. It was essentially one year ago today that we started this whole thing. That we had our first guest. Yeah, we had our first guest. We did two shows, I think, where we talked to ourselves, didn't we? Yes. You know, the ever-famous talk amongst yourselves, and that's what we did. Yes, we did. And and then we had somebody call in just to, you know, say hi and wound up being on the whole show and coming out of the spiritual broom closet and... Oh, and she's doing fantastic things now. Doing so. huge, fantastic things now. We've yeah. had her back on, and I received a care package of books and DVDs from her. So did uh, I. She's fantastic. She's lovely lady, over mm-hmm. Jerry Hearn over at Joy Media. Absolutely. And um, and so this also marks our 100th episode. Whee! And so, you know, if we were in TV, that's 100 episodes is the big, you can't get the big bucks in syndication until you've got 100 episodes to sell off. And, uh, but, so, tonight is the big century mark for episodes. That's so well over 100 hours of uh, free audio over on our website. And, uh, but, yeah, we have to have birthday cake and 100 shows. and 100 candles? Who's going to call the fire department with 100 candles? <laughs> there is no 100 candles. There's no 100 candles over here right now. That would just add to the heat, and I don't approve. <laughs> right, and we're having a little thing called the solstice. The sun's standing still at its most northern reaches. Hence, it's kind of warm up in Montreal. 
Hence, it is kind of warm up in Montreal. And I, I got to say, you know, as much as I love the heat, and I do love it, everybody knows how much I despise cold. <laughs> but you know it's hot when I start whining about the fact that it's hot. Yeah, she I mean, likes the heat. So if she's saying it's too hot, it's time to find air conditioning. Yeah, well, we don't have air conditioning, you see, because I'm not comfortable in that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I like you, the air conditioning. I know so. you don't like the air conditioning, but if you it's, came to Houston... It would not take you long because when it hits 100 degrees at 98% humidity, you just kind of go, ouch. I dispute that because I've been to the Philippines, and it's pretty bloody hot over in the Philippines, well, and uh, I, I had no problems over there. So. Like I said, the, the main purpose of them here is to be a dehumidifier. They, it's more that than – I don't keep it that cool in the house, but I like it to be dry. You know, you sheet, after a while, the sheetrock melts if you don't. <laughs> But, um, I feel sorry for you, but not today. Not today, yeah. Not I, today. I know. I might as well just give up. Um, so do you feel old? Do I feel old? Well, I mean, 100, 100 episodes. I mean, there's got to be some growth involved. I, I swear, doesn't it seem like it was about six months ago we started it, doing this? And, and three weeks ago we started the idea of a film? It just seems like that anymore. Uh, it really me. does. Time is so weird these Become days. And I, these days, time. And, yeah. Uh, uh, there have actually been times, I swear, we get off the show on Thursday and Friday morning, we get it all posted and everything. And then if, if you go out of town or anything, or we're on vacation on the weekends where I don't speak to you, it's like it's Thursday, then it's Friday morning, then it's Monday evening, and then it's show day. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> there must have been days in Yeah, I totally less food in the fridge, but what happened? I don't know. I t- totally understand um that, you know, I mean there's it's the only reason that I keep track of time right now is because of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, and and we have coming up in the near future, we don't have any dates or anything yet, but we have coming up in the near future, we're we're going to start having a uh Producing a show, which not our show. This show belongs to Mama Webb, and um, I believe we're looking at Sacred Weavings with Mama Webb. They've yeah. registered the domain name and everything, and uh, on Sunday afternoons. So I'm I'm going to oh. have a better time keeping track of time. Yeah, it's so exciting, really, because I mean, um, she's got this wealth of experience. And she's so grounded and so down to earth, and just it, she tells it like it is. Um, she's had like seven hundred clients that she's assisted over the years, and and now she's going to put it out there on the air, so yeah. people can call in and ask their questions. Call in, and, email in, register questions on the website. Uh, you know, if you're shy and don't want to go on the air, of course, we always take questions from the um, studio audience. We could call them. Yeah. Oh, chat room, yeah. So I was going to go studio audience. It sounds so cool. Um, I'll get me a laugh track here soon to <laughs> like the Wii so I can play it after my bad joke. Either that or just a rim shot. You know, bum, bum. Speaking uh, of the chat room, we should probably mention real quick for um, our friends and fam and fans, although I never like using the word fans, but our friends and fam in the chat room. Yes. Guys, 
you, you know my computer, Phoenix, has got a bit of an attitude problem sometimes, and apparently due to the heat, she's decided to seize up. So <laughs> I have no chat room access, but I love you all. And um, and I, of course, will, re- will relay anything important to her the same way that uh, we relay questions to our guests uh, normally, but uh, our guest tonight is in the chat room. We'll let you guess who that is for a moment because we're not quite done with the patience test. Although our guest is doing well so far, yeah, very um, well. But his ability to chat will probably be somewhat limited as well, because uh, pretty soon you'll beg him to quit typing. If he <laughs> no, really, you will. It's just what the way it is. I uh, I now use Skype on a laptop uh, to connect to the show, and I tried typing on it one show. Boy. And, um, but, okay, so 100 episodes, birthday. 100 episodes, first year anniversary, birthday. Well, first year birthday. We're a year hot, old today. Hot in Montreal. Hot in Montreal. Mama Webb. Mama Webb. And, and we may uh, have another show coming in July. Yeah. Um, yeah. You so, know, we've, uh, always, we've always been Everyday Connection Productions. We do our own show. Uh, and we did audio voiceovers for folks for a while, but there wasn't really quite enough interest, so we took that website down. It was just another spot for hackers to get into my web server. Dirty, <laughs> rotten scoundrels. But um, uh, Everyday Connections is branching out, and um, we have this amazing setup on Blog Talk where we have some space available for, for shows. So we're starting to farm those out. Farming is fun. Farming is fun. Well, um, we're we're helping our friends. We're helping our friends spread their message, which Absolutely. is what we do every Tuesday and Thursday anyway. And um, and you do. Blog Talk requires you to pay them to <laughs> be on at the time of day. That's all that about, but, yeah. and, well, it just seems to be a thing I've had. I was in real estate, and you, when you're in real estate, you people think you work for Remax or Keller Williams or whoever. No, you actually pay them for the privilege of working there. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Anyway. Well, the same deal. You got to pay them. So we're gonna. We've got the space available, and um, we're gonna hopefully bring some incredible. Well, I know Mama Webbs is gonna be incredible, and this other show, the, the gentleman that we're talking to, to do incredible show concept. So we're gonna be able to bring some more incredible information to you, and uh, we're gonna add a little bit of a new dynamic to Everyday Connection. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And. Um, so if you've always wanted to be on the radio, but Blog Talk wants to charge you money, and they want you to understand how a switchboard operates, uh, and and that's just completely blown your mind, and you're just going <laughs> to say, um, no way. Uh, Drop us a line. Yeah, get in touch. We have yeah. a switchboard operator. Imagine yeah. that. We also have production capabilities. We can put together an intro, an outro, um, sponsor spots for you. So drop us a line, and, and we'll talk. Yeah. Speaking of talking, do you think we should we actually talk, talk to our guest? Yeah, I think it's probably about time. All right. We have we have with us this evening a gentleman who is known by many on the internet as Skull Babylon, is uh, a daytime driver's license type name, society type name is Brendan Cullenton. Welcome, Brendan. Hey guys. Hey. Thank you for. Do we call uh, you? Me. Do we call you Brendan? Do we call you Skull? Do we? Uh, yeah, you can call me Big Skull. That's cool. Uh, Brendan or Skull. 
Oh, dear. A my. skull and a phoenix all in one spot. That's awesome. Yeah, and I don't want to tell anybody what my code names are. I, I can't do that. <laughs> That's because they can find you. Can't do so, that. So, Skull, mm. you're a Canadian. That's right, yeah. It's, um, That's pretty cool. I heard, I heard you talking about the weather there. Got to gotta add on to that. It was extra hot here in London, too. But not too long ago, we actually had a nice uh, rainstorm come through. So I actually got, like, soaked in the storm on my way home. So that's oh. actually awesome. Awesome. Maybe it'll make its way to Montreal. That would be exciting. Um, so i got to ask you our first question, and then mm-hmm. we'll dive in. Uh, who the hell are you, and what do you do? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, that's, you know, I often, uh, whenever I'm sort of, like, going through life, I sort of have, like, these three questions that I'll ask myself every now and then. And basically, to answer your question, what I ask myself, I ask myself, where have I been? What have I done? Who am I now? In that sense, because who we were two years ago is not, you know, we're not that same person. Like, we are, but we're just, like, a more refined version of that person, right? So Absolutely. who I am now, basically... I've been doing video stuff for a while since I was like, I started in like grade nine. That was like the first video that I ever edited sort of. And then I just sort of had a knack for filming and editing and I just really enjoyed it. And then after, um, after nine 11, I guess you could say, I sort of started to do a bunch of my own research, which I think, you know, a lot of people can look back on nine 11 and think of that as like a consciousness shifting moment in everywhere. Right. Everyone knows exactly where they were, but for me, like, the whole 9-11 thing happened, but then shortly after that, I started, like, reading up on, like, 9-11 conspiracies, and then that just opened me up to the whole idea that there was a lot of more information out there in places that I researched on my own. So I started, like, looking it up. So that set me off on my interest towards, like, gaining more knowledge, you could say, about this reality. Like, I wasn't content with what they were uh, simply teaching me at school. You know, I was just naturally curious. So that, like, led me down this whole path of, like, learning about um, stuff relating to, like, the evolution of consciousness, to say, to put it in one single bubble. And from there, I took that interest that I had and combined it with my video skills. And since then, I've been sort of making videos in some way or another that help uh, inspire people. And uh, and, and the other part of it is um, documenting the ongoing chronicles of the uh, Paradigm Shift London community, which I think you guys are obviously familiar with. As someone just put in a link in the chat, wow, you guys are on the ball. Good job. Uh, he's pretty quick. Now, this leaves, this leaves me with a really um, interesting option as far as exploring the growth pattern. Mm-hmm. Because you and I have a very similar similar journey, apparently, in that I began myself with the whole conspiracy theory and then grew into the natural growth mm-hmm. that is the shift of and 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 consciousness. Now, how does that if you can share with us a little bit of your progression because you get lost in the conspiracy theories for a while and it's really dark and it's really scary and you feel really powerless until you manage to latch on to this idea of the shift and all of a sudden this world of opportunity, infinite possibilities kind of, you know, blows your mind and you go, it doesn't matter what those guys over there are doing because if there's enough people consciously awake 
and making a conscious effort, then it doesn't, you know, there's no power in that dark energy anymore. So how did that progress for you? Because that's, it's really interesting growth. And I'd love to hear somebody else's take on it. So you're, you're sort of asking, um, like you're saying, like, obviously there's good and there's bad in this world. I think you're sort of saying, right? So yes, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I've never tried to ignore the bad. You have to sort of recognize that. I mean, where there's light, there will always be darkness sort of thing. And what's interesting when you look at the planet that we're on, Earth is really unique in the sense that it has, like, the full spectrum of the most beautiful things you can imagine and the most, like, destructive, disgusting things that you can imagine, right? And that's always, for, for the time being, you would presume that that is always going to be there. It's just sort of, like, the natural reaction of what happened when this whole Petri dish started, you know, things just sort of went in both directions. But I agree, like within a person's own individual bubble, they can reach like internal states of balance where they'll find that despite the fact that there may be negativity all throughout the world around them, within their own bubble, and this isn't supposed to be like a naive thing, within their own bubble, their confidence in, they have confidence in their ability to attract but like the positive things that will help them develop in their own life. And even when negative things do approach them, it's more sort of just like the outlook that even as you go through those negative things, it's going to help you become a stronger and better person. Like life was never really supposed to be peachy keen. And for uh, one, I guess one of the things that sort of shifted my paradigm, so to speak, was the idea um, sort of tying in with reincarnation, the idea that between lives, we sort of have the idea to almost like set out um, like a blueprint for the life that we're going into. And we almost um, like create certain scenarios for ourselves in order to put ourselves through lessons or, and through tests in order to like become who we um, want to be as a, as a sort of a golden self is a term that I kind of use. And the golden self would be like you in your ideal state of like healthy balance and, you know, just um, really like in the zone sort of thing. So, if, uh, does that answer your question? I think I was going to... It, it does answer my question um, in one respect. But I'm wondering if you can take us through the steps. Because for myself, it, it there there was a, a small crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was a big-ass crash and burn. Um, between being lost in the darkness of, of feeling powerless and stepping into my own and, and discovering this ability to, in effect, create my own reality. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if you don't mind sharing your own personal progression through those stages because we, we get a lot of guests on here that mm. go through that progression and each and every individual has to go through it in their own way. And we like to share those stories to encourage others to let them know that, you know, the dark night of the soul is not, it's not. It's not the dark year. It's the yeah, dark it's night. not the, exactly. It's not the dark year. That's exactly it. And you're certainly not alone. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, the the dark night of the soul, as you call it, like, um, I think that's a very fitting description. Um, another term that I've often, that I've heard uh, is sort of like this psychological day and night. And this can sort of happen in um, in minor phases within our lives as well as macro phases in the sense that we may be, um, um, for instance, this could, this could be something that could tie in with meditation and dreaming uh, practice. You may find that you're like doing really good at practicing uh, 
you're writing down your dream habits and it's really good and then suddenly you just sort of drop the habit for whatever reason and in that sense like you were sort of at that day but then you go through this psychological night where like things just don't seem to be in the zone so to speak but uh, what you're saying is, is, is something I agree with is that the whole point of that psychological night is just to like push you even further to get back in through through to the day again because like it's it's given you like something where like this is what you can accomplish and then it sort of takes it away only to see if you're going to like actually have the strength to like build yourself back up again and that's sort of like where those big challenges in, in life come into play but i mean i guess that's sort of uh yeah that's sort of the game we all chose to play here like it, you know life life is a I think this is actually a quote from like a metal song, but it's a life is a misery to learn how it came to be sort of thing. So, um, but in regards to my own personal experience, it could, uh, I mean, I was, I was sort of thinking about this earlier today, just sort of reflecting on again, like, you know, like where have I been? What have I done? Who am I now? Sort of thing. And, uh, it's after nine 11. So that would have been 2001. Like I was just sort of, a lot of that was searching on the internet and everything on my own. And then it wasn't until about 2008-ish um, that I started, I, I guess I started like, a, I started doing yoga and stuff and that sort of uh, opened me up to the more like visceral experiences. Like I like the idea, like through yoga, that sort of introduced me to meditation and everything. And then um, from there, it was uh, a matter of um, like having the idea for the paradigm shift community and sort of like starting it in my college with a with a few friends so i mean for me my talk my my psychological night like i can look back on it and i and i can't say that like oh you know like uh, it sucks that i had to go through that or whatever but i mean for me like mine in a sense was um i guess being uh, alone a lot of the time like i just there there were some times where like you know like oh like am i suffering depression like i don't know not necessarily but it was me having to deal with the fact that like being alone and being lonely are two different things I think and so for me even though instead of just saying like oh I'm, I'm alone and I'm like depressed and like I'm just gonna you know in, instead I, I guess I started using that time more as like a chance to do all this research um, that I started doing on my own and that's that's the exciting thing is that like because we have the internet no not, nothing's like no one's stopping anyone from doing all this research on their own it just takes like a little bit that push in the right direction, that motivation. Um, and I guess tying back to like the paradigm shift community, like that's sort of what the paradigm shift community is about. It's about encouraging people to start like seeking some of this information on their own terms without having to be told or taught it in a particular manner. It's just like encouraging them to like start that own journey of like going down the rabbit hole, so to speak. I love the rabbit hole. So the old adage of question everything really works. Yeah, yeah, like that was when like when I started the group, one of the things I said and um it's interesting cuz I can I can post a link to this for people in the live chat. There's footage um that we did from two yeah, okay. Actually, I I know the the date that we shot the first original paradigm shift stuff was on November 11, 2009. So I actually just posted that in the uh, live chat for people to check out. But that was like our first uh our first attempt at filming and it was sort of like this style and a couple of the videos went up on YouTube and then I like just sort of like took them down but now I'm actually going to like repost them just for the sake of uh, sharing with people sort of like where we were and what we've sort of progressed into um, but one of the things that I say like within the intro I said like Paradigm Shifts is about encouraging you to ask questions rather than accept answers and yeah like that's fundamentally it like 
a friend of mine, when I was out in Vancouver, I was in, like I was there for a school internship for about a three-month period. And while I was there, um, not something we can talk about in terms of like that's when a lot of the synchronicities started happening to me to the point where it was so blatant that I couldn't ignore it. And then that through that whole period, I started to understand what synchronicity was and how it worked. But while I was there, I met um, a friend, and one of the things she she stressed to me uh, because like we were hanging out during the night, I was like her and her other and her and her boyfriend. And we, uh, one of the things she stressed to me, she's like, she's like, don't believe anything. Like, do not believe anything. Because, like, the moment you have, like, a, like a solid belief, like, if you say that this is, like, something that you believe in, then that, like, prevents you, it creates, like, boundaries. It creates, like, borders that prevents you from, like, understanding and opening up your perception to other ideas down the road sort of thing. So that's sort of been my uh like my sort of outlook is that like i never want to like stay stagnant in a belief i'm always like just building them on top of each other or just connecting dots in a new way but uh never thinking that like oh i've got it figured out so to speak i've only got like pieces of the puzzle and essentially that's how it is with everyone everybody has different pieces of the puzzle and part of the paradigm shift community is about bringing those pieces of the puzzle together so we can like start to get a better idea of what the picture is that we're looking at so That was the USA moment. Ah. Gonna let that sink in a minute. Just let that soak <laughs> a minute. USA. That's absolutely brilliant advice. Absolutely brilliant advice. Not that I'm saying that anybody should actually listen to it, because you got to do whatever your heart tells you to do. But yeah. well, um, the, the don't believe anything covers everything that we say. Yeah, absolutely. Well. And, and absolutely. said almost the same thing. Like, I mean, I don't. I, I should know the quote almost, but he said, you know, like, don't believe anything I teach you sort of thing, right? Who's that? Like, the Buddha. Buddha, yeah. He said, don't believe anything that you hear, even if anything anyone has said, even if I have said it. Yeah. Unless it makes sense to your inner. Yeah, and I was just going to say, like, again, the the inner inner knowing, and that would, um, like, that would be, like, the gnosis, right? Like, that's, like, the knowledge through experience that exists throughout the ages, and that's the idea, that, that, like, um, well, I mean, I don't really want to get into, like, a whole, like, talk about uh, religion per se, but, I mean, a lot of the religions, they sort of point people in the wrong direction and, and and prevent them, like, tell them not to bother, like, looking inside themselves. Like, don't worry about that. Like, Jesus is going to be your savior. Like, don't worry about it, you know, or opposed to, but once you do start looking in and once you start doing those meditation practices and stuff and um, just sort of, like, listening to your intuition, then, yeah, I guess uh, that's when uh, things start to click, so to speak. And, uh, it, it- it's yeah. really interesting to note that a lot of these, because, I mean, part of my journey was studying a lot of those religions, that if you go into the original teachings of a lot of the major religions, the original teachings were to look inside yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And virtually you know, all of us. Like, who changed them and for what reason sort of thing. You know, like, obviously someone was trying to... Well, you said they kind of point you in the wrong direction. It's a bit like yeah. a stage magician, you know. Yeah. Misdirection, yeah. you know. Look at my left hand while I... Oh. That's right. Yeah. Can I say that on there? No. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 you know, it, it's the oldest trick in the book. Sleight of hand. Yeah. Um. It. Don't look over there. Look over here. It's the magic that they're talking about that you shouldn't that you shouldn't get lost in because sleight of hand is you know I mean it it's it is it's the oldest trick in the book. It's been used yeah. for thousands of years. Never mind the man behind the curtain. Look at the big wizard on the wall. <laughs> That's no. a, you know, and, and that whole idea, like, obviously, you, you can very simply just apply that to, like, our mainstream culture in itself, right? Like, people 
go, I mean, you know, I've sort of said this before, like Bill Hicks, like, points it out quite quite blatantly. Like, if you want to study a culture, like, look at the drugs that they uh, endorse. In North American culture, you have, like, caffeine Monday to Friday to, like, keep you going through the week, and then, like, Saturday to Sunday with alcohol to, like, help you forget about the prison that you're in sort of thing. And, and in the meantime, you're constantly being distracted by, uh, like, crappy fast food joints and, like, you know, half-assed television shows sort of thing, right? Like, never do they ever tell you on the news, like, all right, now it's time to turn off the TV and, like, go meditate in the other room. They're like, no, we're going to, like, just keep, like, giving you more garbage. So, I mean, this is, you know, everybody knows this stuff. Yeah, and if you do start to... If you do start to feel bad about your situation, it's okay. We've got antidepressants. We'll, we'll handle that. Yeah, yeah, and they got a solution for everything. Yeah, take the purple pill. You know. There's a really yeah. sneaky, underhanded vein in the entertainment industry because a lot of the, the bigger entertainers and, and definitely um, the people who are involved in the, the movie industry, uh, I've been watching this for, for a lot of years as well, um, actors and musicians, the messages are in the movies. So these movies that are meant to distract you, these writers have snuck in the truth into the movies. And if you're actually paying attention, the, the crazy part is, is that very rarely do people pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a lot of half-truths in movies. And you know what? For me, like that's a big thing that I'm personally interested in is the whole study of uh, film and media and stuff. Um, one of the, uh, I'm just going to post a link in the channel, actually. And, uh, one of the channels on YouTube that I used to watch back in, I guess even going back to like 2008, is a video, uh, a channel by the name of Soundless Dawn. Then the guy basically, he sort of, I'm not sure if he coined it, but he uses the term synchromysticism. And it's kind of like this idea that the universe is always trying to communicate to itself through the language of symbols. And these symbols show up on macro scales in ways that the people directly involved may not even really realize what they're actually a part of. So you get like certain actors who show up in certain um, archetype roles within films, like repeatedly over and over and over again. And oftentimes like these um, actors outside of the film are sort of a reflection of what's happening to their characters as they go through their own spiritual journey. And uh, like some of the obvious ones I can point out um, would be like Jim Carrey. Like he, there's videos of him on, of, on, on the internet of him, and he's like a really, um, like I guess you could say, enlightened guy. Like he's just really down to earth, but he's totally into the whole other consciousness type stuff, right? And then you look at the movies that he was in throughout the day, um, such as like The Truman Show and you know numbers like Twenty Three and the Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, things like this. Um, these are just like some of the uh, reoccurring aspects where like. Yeah, it's, it's just really interesting as to, like, why these things are showing up in film repeatedly, because it's not, like, someone's directly making it happen, but it's, like, the universe consciousness is making it happen to communicate back to itself. So, anyways, I would encourage anyone to check out the Soundless Dawn channel, because he explains some stuff far better than I ever could. It's just a really uh, well-edited video selection that the guys got. But, but I'm not yeah. so sure that it's not intentional. See, that's the thing. Well, because, okay, take, some, take somebody like Jim Carrey, who really, at an early age, figured out what that whole enlightened thing is all about, which is basically lighten the hell up, people, and just, you know, yeah, get over yourself and live your life. So yeah. he really made his entire life and career, and his career really is his life, when you look back at Jim Carrey's work, which is an excellent example, so thank you for bringing it up. But if you look back at Jim Carrey's work and look back at his life, he really has stood on the truth of what he believes in choosing the roles that he chose. And you have a choice as an actor to turn down a role or to accept 
Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, got to be a conscious decision, right? So it, yeah. So yeah, in that sense, like again, the universe sort of puts its opportunity in front of him, and he sort of picks and chooses which ones he wants to go with. Um, another another uh, actor who I can think of is uh, Ryan Reynolds. He uh, like his recent role in Green Lantern was really really interesting, and and that was sort of cool for me going into that because I was like. I, before I even saw that film, I'm like, oh, this film's going to be, like, it's super going to speak to me. Like, I know it's going to speak to me because of the fact that, like, Ryan Reynolds is in it and, like, this whole character of uh, Hal Gordon, like, he's, the whole theme of the movie is about, like, overcoming fear and, like, willpower and just, like, creating things through a conscious intent and just, like, fully being responsible for, like, what it is that you accomplish or things. Uh, Really very cool message. And uh, some of the other films that he was in, one in particular is called The Nines, and if anybody um, hasn't seen that, I would suggest uh, getting a chance to see it. It's like, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but it's, like, it's out there. Like, it's really cool. So, really enlightening stuff. See, and sometimes the actors sneak up on you, actors that you don't expect, like Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's, he's, like, uh, he's interesting. Come on, Fight Club? Yeah, Fight Club, uh, Tree of Life. Tree of <laughs> One Life of the most three. brilliant movies of all time. Absolutely ingenious. And the message is so freaking clear. I don't know how you could possibly watch it and not get it. No, which message would you take out of that? Well, I mean, his his take on on that materialistic world and getting out of that illusion. Right. Yeah. Right. Like perfect it, mayhem it's, and stuff. It's so in your face that mm-hmm. that you really can't deny it. And he even speaks to the dark night of the soul. And I don't want to give the movie away for people who haven't seen it, but he does definitely. Ex- it's very explicit in how they describe the dark night of the soul. Is this like within Bike Club, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Besides, we can't, it's not just giving the movie away. That's the first rule of Fight Club. That's right, yeah. First rule of Fight Club is don't talk about the movie. We don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) (laughs) Just go watch it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I think everybody, like, how how would anybody not see Fight Club? Unless they're like Patrick. Uh, You'd be surprised, man. I've met a lot of people who are like, what? What's that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows? Anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, I went to, um, I graduated from university and college in a joint program, but the joint program was called Media Theory and Production. So I went in like a television broadcasting stream, but I had some courses at the university side of it, which were more like a, like essay studying based courses. And those were really interesting. Like that um, let me um, put into practice the idea of like analyzing media and stuff, right? So, I guess for uh, for where I am now, like a lot of my own style to filmmaking comes from uh, analyzing media throughout the last like X number of years of my life, sort of thing. So, but yeah, like if you guys, um, do you guys have a question in terms of anything? <laughs> I don't well, want to play. No, we well, will. Yeah, it's we will. Almost time for a break. Okay, um, all right, that's good. Thing. It is and that time. We'll open up the phone lines as well, I think, after the break and yeah. allow people to get questions into the chat room or to call in with their questions. Yeah. Um, okay, I got another link that I can post in the live chat. This is uh, going back to my days in university. This is actually a presentation that I did, and it's um, it's comparing the hacker as like a character in real life and um, like uh, from an ideological point of view so to speak as well as like the character of Neo within the Matrix and sort of drawing parallels between them and um, uh, 
people uh, who play uh, first-person video games, such as uh, Quake Arena, which I'm not sure if you guys would actually be familiar with. But I would just uh, let it... Anybody's welcome to check that out. But it's just kind of cool. It's just kind of... Uh, like, I don't know if I should try explaining it all. I just let people watch it. But it's basically kind of talking about how, because of our brain, like, we're capable of striving for perfection, for, for perfection in any sort of finite system sort of thing. So... Yeah, I don't know, it's some interesting stuff. So it took me a while to explain it. I just thought I'd mention it, though. It sounds like you... I don't do a lot of research on our guests. Everybody knows that um, before they come. So that allows... Stuff. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, I don't. Because um, that allows me to come at you from the point of view of somebody who's listening that's never heard of you before. Um, but it sounds like you've done some really fascinating work. And what's interesting to me is that you're still very young and... I'd be interested to see where the growth is going to go from here because I'm, oh my goodness, what have you, you've done so much already. And oh, where you is haven't the even next really covered years? it all. I know. Yeah. And where There's, are the next couple of years, oh, especially yeah. through the shift? To I need to write a book on it. We're, uh, yeah. we're, we're uh, I'd read it. certainly <laughs> not going to be at a shortage for our second and third half hours. For yeah, like I, I'm just trying to think it. of like, But we, we run yeah. into that so often with our guests that, you know, we have to tell them that, Eight thirty, straight down. Listen, we're going We'll have you back, but we gotta go. <laughs> All right. So, um, so, yeah, we'll take a quick break. Answer, so we'll take up. a quick break. Station identification or whatever, and uh, uh, then we're gonna play. Uh, I didn't get another song tacked onto the station break, so we're gonna play "Bottled Up" from Jordan because we like right. it so much. We do. And, uh, but we'll be back in about uh, five minutes, folks. Feel free to warm up your coffee or fill up your tea or your water. And uh, but stay with us, folks. And now a word from our sponsors. All things are ruled and shaped by patterns. Every moment is filled with symbolism and synchronicity. Understanding the symbols that shape our lives can provide us with guidance and a greater sense of freedom as we gain the ability to navigate the subconscious. Mama Webb draws on 16 years of research into world mythology, theology, symbols, tarot, archetypes, and natural healing, combining that knowledge with intuition, personal experiences, and witnessing journeying, supporting over 700-plus clients on their paths to peace. Mama Webb is able to provide unique insight into the forces that guide our lives and shape our worldviews. You can find Mama at mamaweb.com or call 1-855-WEBB. The life of a creator can be challenging without the support of a loving family. When your inner child calls, will you have the courage to answer? If you're looking for a safe place to play in the artistic energy of life, a place where you can be embraced for all the beauty that you naturally hold within, then the inner child family is the perfect place for you. A safe haven for artists, poets, and musicians, this uniquely accepting group of individuals is waiting to welcome you with open arms. Be it support that you seek, publishing assistance, or just a fun, friendly place to hang your virtual hat, you found a second home in Inner Child. Go home to IamInnerChild.com. Are you looking for answers, clarity, and relief? Are you seeking resolution to the issues in your life that are leaving you feeling confused, upset, and out of control? Are you experiencing the same situation over and over again? Are you ready to move forward and let go of what no longer works? 
Or is your mission to bridge the gap between human and animal, allowing for the relationship between you and your companion to deepen and flourish? With the help of the gentle guiding hand of Akashic visionary and animal communicator Inez Martin, you can find the answers that you are looking for. Open your heart to the possibilities by visiting Inez at VisionaryLifeConsultant.com. And now for some irregularly scheduled music. Hello. Okay. 
Let's try this again. <laughs> Gotta love those manual mute switches on the cable. Um, actually, I do because it makes it easy to pop in and out, but got to remember the popping in part. Uh, so that was our good friend Jordan Okren, uh at jordanokren.com. And uh, drop by and visit him. He's got some great music that's available there. Uh, I just want to remind everybody for the uh, – I've got the phone number in the chat room, uh, the phone number to call in if you have an audio problems and just want to listen or if you want to ask questions. Is area code 805-243-1318, or there's a Skype link right next to the phone number on our show page. Uh, if you're able to see the chat room, you just scroll up to the top, you'll see our phone number, the Skype logo. You click the Skype logo, and you'll be connected. But when you do, you have to punch one on your phone to raise your hand. Otherwise, I assume that you're just listening, and I will not you know, interrupt you and bring you on the air. Uh, I used to do that. You have a question? Uh, no, I'm just listening. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Growth and expansion. Hey, gotta love it. Absolutely. Um, there is one question in the chat room already. Oh yeah. Don't know if you caught that or not. Um, from Mike which, McCabe. Oh, that one. I was gonna say mm-hmm. which one because there's been a couple that have kind of steamed by during the break. Chat oh. rooms go crazy, you know. Apparently, I'm not fast enough. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> Make me pull the Wii out again. Um, so shall we ask that one, and then I'll let you scroll up and play and see if you can find some other Well, I'll see if I can find it. I'll ask people to type them in again. Uh, but we had one about uh, meditation today, and then we have this one that you mentioned from Mike McCabe about uh, it's been looking into chaos magic. Wants to know if you know anything about that. Brendan? Skull? Yeah, I know anything about chaos magic. Um... No, I guess there's different ways of defining chaos magic, so to speak. I am familiar with magic, like magic with a K, uh, in, in like a practical sense. And uh, this is something that basically anyone can practice on their own. Um, sort of going back to what I was saying about how the universe communicates through language and symbols, we can put energy into symbols. And this is kind of obvious when you think about it, because like that's how... Can you guys hear my dog barking? I'm just wondering. Totally <laughs> anyway, cool. Mine does yeah. it too. I'm yep. just wondering if he's like on the show or not. So, so I'm sure some people would appreciate it. <laughs> my dog barking. Cool. Um, but as I was saying, uh, when you look at like uh, when you look at the idea of like the um, I don't want to really say like the Illuminati or whatever and stuff, but like major corporations when they use uh, logos and everything like that, like oftentimes those logos um, can have like invested energy into them. And this can be, like, taken on, like, multiple levels. But when you look back on the guys like Crowley and, like, Aleister Crowley, uh, I mean, he practiced, like, a lot of stuff. But I guess um, there are times where he would uh, get involved with uh, chaos magic, so to speak. But magic, uh, when you're working with sigils, like, that's kind of something that I'm familiar with. And like I was saying, like, sigils are basically symbols that have sort of a specific intent invested behind them. And I guess what... I am familiar with is the idea that you can create your own sigils and this is something that um, and I can explain it pretty quickly because I had I, there's like a video of Grant Morrison who's a author of a comic book called The Invisibles but he explains it quite well and basically you take an intent and you write it down on paper 
um, writing it down, writing anything down is a really big thing. Opposed, I find opposed to just typing it. Like the idea of like writing something down sort of brings it from like the subconscious to the conscious. Like when you're actually like reading it on paper, opposed to just thinking about it in your head. So say, you know, like I want to like achieve something. Like um, it could be something specific. Like it could be like I'd like to find a new job that's fitting to my needs or something. Or like I want to accomplish some sort of objective anyways you write you write down whatever you want and then in the magic sense of things what you do from there is you take out all of the vowels and then you're left with a string of consonants and then from there you take out repeating consonants so then you only have about like six or seven and then you take those and then you combine them as shapes to create some sort of design some sort of sigil and basically there's no right or wrong way to do that and then from there you like meditate on it and uh, if you, like, uh, have an intent that you've, like, meditated onto the sigil, you can, like, go back to it to say, like, before you go to bed at night, you just sort of, like, look at it. And through the mere act of observing it, it's like something's happening. Something's happening in the sense of, like, this holographic matrix that's sort of, like, triggering something, and it's going to help attract certain things into your life. So you can make sigils that can be, like, uh, based on positivity, based on love. They can be, like, based on protection. So even though uh, what you might call chaos magic, you don't you don't necessarily need to think of it as being, like, evil or derogatory. Like, magic, in the sense, is something that I would encourage people to try. Um, I mean, take that how you will. But, I mean, it's something that anybody can try. No one's going to stop them from trying just to see if it uh, yields any results for you. I know other people within the Paradigm Shift group have talked about it and have talked about like their own experiences with it here and there. So, but that's that's my understanding of magic slash chaos magic on a surface level. So, I, does, I don't know. You guys let me know. Did that answer our question? I think it was Mike who asked that. It was actually a really brilliant answer, um, and it explains something I've never heard of before, which is really cool. Yeah. And actually, um, oh yeah, just to sort of finish my thought, what I was where I was getting with that is, um, if you look on the picture for the Paradigm Shift uh, website, there's like that low, there's the sigil right there. Um, like call it a logo, call it what you want, but like you guys know what I'm talking about, like that um, the logo on the Paradigm associated with Paradigm Shift London, like that was uh, that's a sigil in itself, and that was something that I like designed before the group even got started, and I guess looking back on it, you can sort of say that I created that, um, it was sort of like, it sort of developed over time, but I guess you could say it was like from my higher self, so to speak, or whatever, right, like I was just sort of doodling, but then over time, it just sort of turned into that, and there was never one set definition as to like what that is, like I always wanted that to be, um, like to me, it means a lot of things, and in the same sense, to other people, it can mean things to them, too, and I often ask them, like, when they see that sigil, the Paradigm Shift logo, like, and again, it's like, for anyone who's uh, in, like, live chat or whatever, just go to the scroll up, and you can see it in the uh, in the window for the for the show right now, um, like, what does that mean to you? What does it say to you sort of thing? It's something I'm always curious to ask people, and uh, to me, in a sense, like, it represents, like, community, it represents, like, unity, it represents, like, strength, it represents, like, concentration and, like, focus and even, like, the left and right hemispheres. And there's also, um, like, the negative space in between it, if you look at it in that sense. And it sort of looks like a helix, which is kind of interesting. So, and, and it's also very, um, uh, it falls in line with, like, sacred geometry proportions. Like, it sort of maps itself within Metatron's cube which is something that I didn't even plan when I was originally designing it. It wasn't until afterwards that I sort of, like, realized what I had actually made out of that. Like, it just sort of, like, did it without even thinking sort of thing. So, um, again, like, that in itself, that logo, that production logo, that's a sigil. 
And that was one of the things that actually helped in my confidence in developing uh, a community like this because I, I, I wanted to be able to like try it as an experiment to say like, hey, maybe like having the sigil attached to all the pamphlets that I hand out and all the posters that I have will help attract things uh, more efficiently opposed to not having a logo or a sigil at all. That, that makes sense to you guys, yeah? Totally makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes and sense. It's, it's like what Bashar calls permission slips. It's, is that what he refers to them as? Or is well, it's, it's, yeah. he says it's really you and your inner, your higher self that are, that do things, but mm-hmm. that permission slips can be very useful and very powerful. It depends on the energy you invest in them and, you know, definitions you attach to them. And, mm-hmm. But and, that and they can be very mind. useful. Keeping in mind, we live in a physical reality. Um, so as as much as our intent in this interesting reality that we live in can dictate what comes our way, uh, we like clean right. the physical energy. You know, I mean, that's that's the whole point to come in and be in physical is to play in mm. that physical energy. So when we have an intent, it makes sense for us to manifest a physical representation of that intent. Yeah, it's a tool. It's like it's just a tool to work, use within this reality. And a lot of people like don't even know that this uh, sort of option exists. Sort of thing. Like this is the type of stuff that um, you know, like Merlin. Like going back to like you know, if, presuming Merlin was a real person or whatever. Like this is the type of stuff that he would have known about. I mean, and this shows up in like video games and everywhere, right? You always see like spell casting involved with like ruins, like runes, um, certain uh, symbols. Right? Like if anybody's ever played any sort of MMO, they know what I'm talking about. And not to pull out the big guns, let's look at the church. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's everywhere, right? Like that's, that's of course. Point, There's, right? yeah, and people people equate certain things with certain symbols. Um, the swastika is is proof of that, and and the energy around that symbol can change the meaning of the symbol. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. swastika at one time had a totally different meaning than what it means now. Well, it still so, does, right? It's just a matter of perception. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's a matter still of perception. You see it as it's unreal, yeah. Like, totally just as unreal, yeah. So, which, you know, it, it is that. So. It's a brilliant explanation. It's very so, good. thank you for right. that. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, where do you guys want to take it from here? Because, I mean, I think there's well, a few things that I would like to get into the show. No well, there's a right. couple of things I'd on. like to get into the show, yeah. too. We did have one more question, sort of, uh, okay. in the chat room. So, we'll hop on that and then... Uh, I want to talk a little more about films, and uh, uh, and then you know what you're working on for tomorrow. Sure. Next week, you know, next month. Gotcha. Um, but Maria had put in the chat room that during her meditation she got to see what she thought was her guides, but they looked more like shadows, like when a blind person gets, you know, implants or their sight for the first time, and saw what she thought was her higher self, but her head was shaking. And why was that, or something um, along those lines? Feel free to clarify in the chat, Maria. <laughs> so I'm that's do- a, you know what? Like someone talking about a thing like that, um, that's the type of stuff that we totally welcome within the paradigm shift community because it's an experience that someone had. And right away, I'll be able to tell you, like, I don't have an absolute answer to that. I can tell you, you know, like, obviously I've heard of things like shadow people and stuff, and I can tell you what I know about meditation and everything, but, I mean, as for, like, an absolute answer, there may not be one, or it's totally, like, up to you to use your own intuitiveness to sort of um, 
get something from it or to not even like think too much about it, you know, just sort of like move on. Like it's that sort of stuff, like you just sort of like let it be a water under the bridge sort of thing. Like don't, don't think too, too much of it, um, so to speak. Um, but I guess, uh, yeah, like again, I don't really have an absolute answer to that. Um, shadow people is something that is interesting. Like that's something that is, uh, I, I hear about that a lot. There's a podcast that I, um, I listened to, I haven't listened to for quite some time, and part of that was, like, a big um, inspiration to, like, a lot of work that I got started on, and that's a podcast called Mysterious Universe, and their website, if you want to add it, actually, I'll add it, is mysteriousuniverse.org, but they talk a lot about shadow people and stuff, but, uh, sorry, I know this is not answering your question. Um, Well, I think that's kind of... The point, that's the point I'm getting from you is that you don't have the ultimate answer that she no, does. No, like, I'm not, a, I wouldn't, I would, n- I would not call myself a psychic medium or whatever. So, I mean, there would be another person who would probably be able to answer that question better. Um, and again, like, kind of like, those are the type of people that you, you would, you might find. So, I mean, like, at a paradigm shift community, um, you might find that. You might find that uh, we do have different people who come out and one person may be more capable of answering questions than another. And uh, that was just one thing that I wanted to mention. Um, just because I can't guarantee that we'll have enough time getting back to it. But I did want to mention that, like, in terms of stuff that's happening right now, if you saw my latest video, uh, Ricky obviously seen the one called The Shift Is You. Right. And, uh, like, I don't know if I'll post a link to that, too, by all means. But that video, in it, I'm encouraging people to start up their own paradigm shift communities in locations where they are. And that's kind of the thing that's, like, really cool and something that I want to, like, help talk about uh, on the show right now because I want to continue that encouragement to, like, encourage other people to start their own paradigm shift communities, like, wherever they are because uh, that's... When you're talking to people on a physical level, like, it's so much more... Um, like, it, it things just unfold a lot faster, I find, than, than what you just, just get from being on the Internet, so to speak. Like, that's when... When you're out in public and stuff like that's when like the synchronicities are really like every every day like every, you can't go a single day without synchronicities uh, when you're sort of like expanding out into the physical community. So right now there's talks already of uh, Paradigm Shift DC, Paradigm Shift Ottawa, um, Paradigm Shift New Jersey, and Paradigm Shift Barrie are four that I know of right now that are already like sort of in like they're just like they're um, like you know they're just sort of starting they're starting to get off the ground. So that's something that could really turn into something bigger. Like, that's just sort of a small seed that's been planted right now. But I think that would be um, something that I would love to see happen more, is that more communities showing up across the, um, literally the globe and even using the term paradigm shift. Like, I don't say you have to use the term paradigm shift like the, to call it that. But if you do, then that obviously helps create a sense of solidarity across, like, the entire grid, which is, like, a, a very powerful thing. Like, that's sort of what we saw with Occupy. Now, I'm not trying to say, like, is this going to be the next Occupy? Like, no, but it will be something different. But yes, it could be on such a scale that it would be global in the sense that Occupy was global. But at the same time, it may not necessarily be something that would be, like, covered on the news, so to speak. Yeah. But I think that's exactly the point, is that this isn't something where we're trying to go out and protest and, like, get people's attention. Like, this is something just a lot more kind of, like, it's going to be a slow sort of build, but for these small groups of people, you know, like, even if in a one city, like, out of, this is something that I've learned from doing my own paradigm shift stuff, like, and this is evident within the college. Okay, so you go to a college, there's, like, 
10,000 students, right? You put up a poster and that's like gonna get seen by like maybe like X number of students. And then out of the X number of students that actually like have some interest only in that, only like maybe 10% of those, if that, are actually gonna be able to make it out to the meeting. Now that could be for whatever reason or whatever. But that's like sort of the ratio of um, the people who are interested in all this consciousness shifting stuff. Like that's sort of something that I think realizes that like it is sort of a very small percentage, but like don't be discouraged by that because the paradigm shift communities, like they are supposed to start small. It might just be like well, I tell people, go like go talk to your local libraries, go talk to your local bookstores, ask them about renting out spaces, like create a Facebook page on Facebook uh, for your location, invite the people who you already know and then just encourage them to get the word out. But when it starts, it might only be, like, maybe you and two other people. But that's totally cool because, like, every conversation is an important one. And for me, when I was starting the Paradigm Shift stuff, that happened. I would, like, have meetings where I would, like, go out of my way and, like, buy, like, a free punch and pie for people and then, like, only, like, me and two other people would show up. So. But I didn't take it personally at all because every, there's a time and a place for everything. And what you uh, what what I encourage people to do is simply to have that door open. So when people are ready to come out to the paradigm shift meetings, just you know maybe they had work. So in the sense that like they've always been ready, but it's just a matter of like lining up the universe for them. So when it, when they're ready for it to happen, like it will happen. And just to have it there, and to not have a single goal. Like the single way I define the paradigm shift community is simply, and I encourage them to use this tagline is to call it like a community that encourages open-mindedness, healthy living, and the evolution of consciousness. Like, that's the simplest way I can explain it. And, uh, like, that sums it up like, in, in entirely. So, you know, what, what do you guys think about that? I think that's, think that's pretty cool. I think we might be able to start a revolution that way. Oh, yeah, I think absolutely. It's, <laughs> I think it's very insightful and wise, actually, to set up this open-door concept and to not want to own it. And that's, yeah. that's why I'm so fascinated by you at such a young age that you've already figured out this is not yours. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that, like, it is what we make it, and we being the community. So, yeah. And that's cool, because that gives them an opportunity to be able to build something that is in alignment with what you're doing, but at the same time to bring in their own energy and their own perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like going back, right? Everybody has their own piece of the puzzle. So this is how we bring them together. And and being in, and again, you know, like I was saying, what we're doing here, talking, uh, if, if I could just imagine us sitting in the floor of a yoga studio, and this would almost be a paradigm shift meeting. In exactly. Or another. So you know. it's exactly what we do twice a week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but um, but there is power in in being in someone's physical presence. Uh, whether people are consciously aware of it or not, they, when you're that close to each other physically, you're literally in each other's electromagnetic field at a very strong level. And so there's more communi- much more communication than just goes on by voice. That, that's true yeah. over the Internet as well, but um, it's more than like, okay, I can see body language and stuff. It's more than that. It's an energetic thing. Yeah, it is. Even and, with the meditations we do, yeah. Yeah, it just it adds another layer, another uh level. I I you know, I participate in a lot of uh online communities, but there is there is something to, you know, finding each other uh physically so to speak and 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 participating in the exploration. It's more about the exploration than it is about trying to get to some ultimate answer. Yeah, that's it, oh, it is. It's a it's an adventure in itself. Um it's pretty exciting once things start to pick up like a 
I'm sure, like, for the people involved with the Paradigm Shift communities, like, you'll you'll have fun. Like, definitely. You'll start running into people. And, like, that's what I said. Using the sigils, um, create your own sigil for a Paradigm Shift group, like, or use the one that we have for ours. Like, that, you know, that could be, like, an umbrella uh, sigil for the thing. If it, you know, becomes bigger over time or whatever, that's cool. But to have individual ones, too, that's cool, too, because then people can, like, start, um, it, like, it's fun to take part in the creative process of designing a sigil to begin with. But it's, it's really cool when people start... Oh. And it's magic. It is. It is magical. In the same sense that we were talking about earlier, like magic with the K, like totally. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. about time for another break, is it not? Yeah. Madam Controller Jean? It's yeah. getting there. It's getting um, there. I could probably answer, you know what? I was just thinking, going back to that question about like the shadow people and stuff, I could probably give a quick answer to that that I sort of skimmed over. Okay. Okay, sure. go for it. Okay, basically, um, yeah, to sum it up real quickly, and some people already know this, um, like, we don't, what, what we're seeing right now in our waking life is not all there is. We do have the ability to perceive more that's around us, but that involves, like, opening up our perception, or in one way to think of it is um, pulling back the veil. Because right now, like, the way how we see things is through a veil of illusion. And this is so the purpose that we don't necessarily realize that we're actually, like, a soul, so to speak, or light beings, and we don't realize that this reality is, like, made entirely out of light and sacred geometry, because that's what it is. It's, like, it's all energy. It's all the grid and stuff. And there's a part of us that can see this grid. Like, we can see it. Um, Some people can already see it, like, in a sober, conscious state. They can sort of, like, look up in the sky and see it. Um, I can see it in some degrees, too. So those uh, those energies are always there, and there's different ways to open up our mind to these energies that are around us. And these energies, um, they can be th- thought of as like dimensional fields. So everything has like energy that pulsates at a certain frequency, so to speak. So where we are, we have like we, we pulsate within a certain dimension that we're all commonly sharing. But then other entities, such as spirit, or even things uh, going back in folklore, such as like gnomes and fairies and dragons. If, like if you want to really think about those as being real. One way to think about it is the idea that, like, those are dimensionally just pulsating at different rates, so they're, like, just outside of our spectrum, even though they're still occupying the same space, so to speak. So, with uh, going back to what someone was saying, when they saw something, they saw something that they recognized as an entity, um, opposed to just thinking that, no, you didn't see anything, you were just crazy, I guess the alternative would be that, yes, maybe you did see something, and maybe the reason why you saw that other entity was because, like, going through the meditative state, you were opening up your sensitivity to these other energies, like, you were opening up your third eye, if you want to think of it that way, because, like, the pineal gland is, like, directly associated with, like, where that information is coming in through, and, like, that's, like, a stargate and stuff, but we can probably talk about that another time, but that would be um, sort of my answer to that, is that, uh, by understanding that we are multidimensional beings to begin with and understanding that we can see these other energies around us at certain states through even um, meditative states or coming out of sleep or through like spiritual medicine, just know that there are these other states, There's all, there are the other energies that we can see. And sometimes, and I think this is what's going to happen more in the future, sometimes people are going to start like seeing these energies involuntarily. And people who may not even be entirely like into this consciousness stuff might have experiences where they're just like, whoa, what the hell was that? Like, I saw something there, and I don't think I'm crazy. And it might even be, like, and this, you know, this could be, like, a whole topic about UFOs, where people are going to start, like, seeing stuff in the sky that's going to make them question reality in the sense that, like, whoa, maybe not everything's as, like, uh, you know, as solid as I thought it once was, including my beliefs. So, I think and that's if, if I may, 
sorry. P- please. If, if I may expand on that, um, mm. um, to take it one step further, you have a choice in every moment as to whether or not you want to maintain the illusion or if you want to step, take a step beyond. And it's quite simply as easy as asking. So if you put it out there energetically that, yeah, I'm ready to step beyond the veil, I'm ready to see these things, they will begin to happen for you. And really all it is is just you saying, okay, I'm open, I'm ready to receive, bring it on. Um, and and you, once you feel that and once you're honest with that and once you let go of the fear of that, then you will see a world far beyond anything that you ever possibly imagined. Um, which is why communities like the Paradigm Shift are so important so that you have a sense of family around you and a sense of security while you're going through this journey. And, yeah. And, and someplace you can go and talk about these things without people looking at you like you're insane or locking you up in <laughs> mental hospitals. or It's not that dramatic, but there are some old sticks in the mud that just refuse to see anything but science. They would think you were a little nutty. Um you know, I channel. They, you know, what are you doing? Well, I'm speaking for this non-physical group of entities. And oh, yeah, okay, you in the back of the truck. Okay, you know, yeah. And um, and two, you know, shadowy figures. You could the, the image could clear up too. You know, the first time it doesn't mean that there are shadowy energies necessarily. It yeah, might not be a negative thing at all. Uh, it, it could just be gently revealing, you know. So yeah. I would, I would say, look forward to the adventure of yeah. figuring yeah, out that you might see more seeing what's more. going on, you know. Uh, yeah, basically, welcome to welcome to the ride, sweetheart. It's yeah, gonna get interesting from here. <laughs> That's, that was always Bill Hicks' main point. It's just a ride, people. Yeah. Come on, it's, it's just a ride. ride. Um, so anyway, I wanted to take a break so we could swap subjects just a little bit because I'd like to come back and hear briefly uh, the story around if I should fall. Oh sure, yeah, we can uh, talk about that. And uh, because that's a that's a whole other facet of the amazing crystal that is skull. <laughs> the uh, crystal oh, skull. Well. You said it. That's right. So we're going to encourage folks to get involved and. Uh, uh, whether that's telling us your story or sharing our links or or starting your own meeting somewhere where you live. Uh, and then we're going to have a song from Ina V uh, called Earth Prayer. And I'll put drop her link into the chat room. Uh, and, of course, these things will all be on the archive uh, after the show tonight. So we're going to take a brief break, come back and talk about movies. So stay with us, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point to set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
silence again. So it's a race, you know, the, trying to find a link, put it in the chat room, song's <laughs> over, oh, holy crap, you know, wow. Uh, <sighs> so, uh, I dropped the link in the chat room, I, I believe, right before the break. I will do it again, and if folks have visited the webpage of If I Should Fall, the film, it's just ifishouldfall.com. Uh, you got a strip of awards across the top. Best Documentary 2011 at the Hamilton Film Festival in Hamilton, Ontario. Best 2012 at Amelia Island, Florida. Award of Excellence from the Canada International Film Festival. Uh, Silver Wave Film Festival Best Doc. Audience Award from Buffalo, Niagara. Wow. I, we'd have to extend the show if I'm going to read everything. Uh, so, so uh, before we get to winning all those awards and how cool is that, where did If I Should Fall come from? Well, it's pretty, uh, you know, at this point I've kind of explained it a few times. Like I've had interviews where I've like, talked about it in the past before, but um, sort of explain it concisely just for the purpose of us moving along to some other topics that I know we uh, got some interest in. The film itself, for those who didn't really get a chance to read the website, there is a trailer there. The film is about um, Canadian military in Afghanistan, and in particular, in particular, it's about uh, one soldier who, uh, Trooper Mark Diab, he's of Lebanese descent. Uh, he was in Mississauga, Ontario, which is not too far from where I live, and basically he was killed in Afghanistan by an IED in 2009, and the movie is sort of a story of his life through interviews with the family uh, and uh, through his comrades. And the idea behind it, to answer your question, is uh, we wanted to... It, it started as a project with me, my dad, and some uh, schoolmates, because I was still in my last year of school when we started it, but it wasn't for a school project. And we just sort of went out. We had some connections, and my dad has a background in television and stuff, too, so I didn't, you know, Apple didn't fall far from a tree in that sense. And this is, like, our first, like, father-son idea and he's pretty good at doing interviews. So we had these interviews set up with the family. And at that point, we didn't really even plan on doing a full documentary. But once we had done the interviews with the family of the soldier, like I knew, I was like, oh, whoa, like there's something there's something so powerful here. And that's where sort of the idea came, that through using the one story, the story of Mark and his family, we would be able to tell a bigger story, which is like a universal story like of the tragedy of loss and the spirit of hope and the importance of remembrance is how I describe it. And it's interesting because for me, working on this, this is very, uh, you could say, like, you know, going in themes of spirituality and stuff, working on this film and being so close to the theme of death and dealing with content, you know, I had, like, a lot of it is home footage of the soldier himself, of Mark's stuff he shot. So I never knew him in real life, and here I am using his footage and trying to tell his story. So for me, like, that was, like, a really spiritual experience in, in that sense. And, uh, it, you know, I've sort of explained it this way, like, and people who have seen the film, you can sort of judge it for yourself and see it how you want, but in a lot of ways, like, it sort of, like, felt that Mark was, like, looking over my shoulder when I was editing it so to speak. Like, he was not, you know, he was, he was definitely, like, close by, like, throughout the entire production of the film and even still to today with where it's gone and stuff. So, it's very, very interesting, very unique experience. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't let the whole story of Brendan go by without mentioning the 
whole award-winning director thing. Yeah, that that is a big part of it. I mean, I guess I'm only right now. I'm still 24, and I already have like an award-winning documentary, right? Like that's kind of like I I don't know. Like that's I, kind of a big deal. I, it it isn't. It isn't because to me those awards aren't even just like my awards. Like they're they're for the film, right? Like it it does like it does mean that the film accomplished what I wanted it to accomplish. But I mean, whether I have one award or whether I have six awards, like it's good. It's good that it's getting recognized and everything, but I don't like wear those as like my personal trophies, so to speak. Like it's a shared, uh, it's a shared recognition of not even just the film, but of also like what the film is about. And that's like about our uh, military, like a Canadian military and like American military and really any military like across the world, like the story does go beyond borders and as you saw it like it's had some success like in the states and everything because they they uh, are able to like relate to the whole experience of you know just despite the, the flag on our shoulder it's like the same story so to speak and uh one of the guys who i was actually just speaking to recently um he's actually going to be involved with the paradigm shift dc group and he's kind of like on his own spiritual path now but he was talking to me about like how he was in the military growing up and stuff and uh, it was actually like in the first Gulf War, and he was like, you know, served for like over ten years or whatever. And I think a lot of people, when they sort of get onto a certain path, they sort of start to, you know, some people are like, you know, anti-police state and therefore like anti-military, so to speak. If you were talking about people who are kind of in that um, Occupy crowd, anti-New World Order, police state sort of thing, like I understand where they're coming from and stuff. But at the same time, like, we can't forget that the people in uniform are still very much human and are still very much, like, in need of healing. And that's a big thing that I want to do with this film, and going back to the whole idea of being a spiritual film, is that a lot of the film I've created for the purpose of, like, collectively helping people heal and uh, release emotions in their own way. And, and if you guys get a chance to see the film, you know, anybody can order it online through the website pretty easily. So I would love for you guys to get a chance to see the film and, and you'll be able to experience it. Like, it's not like just watching a movie. It's actually a visceral experience where you, like, it develops an, an empathetic bridge between you and what, like, the family has experienced. And and I say that rather than... Um, I didn't want to create something where it was, like, based out of sympathy, because sympathy is often based out of pity, but rather to create, like, a piece of art, to create this film that was based out of empathy, because, like, empathy is based out of compassion. And like that's where the whole like healing begins. I'm really, really excited about the idea that you are taking your art, your skill, your talent, and your passion, and you're using that not to create division, but to create um, a bridge for understanding, and to remind people that it's not us versus them, because there is no them. Um, Just so us. bless you, bless you for that, really. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I will go out of my way now to see it. And uh, just from listening to you talk, um, thank you. Awards or no awards, just thank yeah. you for for doing that. Oh yeah, like it's it, it was like I said, like it was a, like that was a big part of my life, and like that's sort of even though like on one hand, like I have like okay, like this military film sort of thing, like that's like something that I'm recognized for, and then I got like the whole Skull Babylon thing going on on the other side in the paradigm shift. And though on face value they might appear separate, like to me they're not. Like there's still 
um, they're collectively involved in the same mission of just like getting people to like open their minds and to open their hearts on like multiple levels sort of things. So yeah, it's exciting and and it's, it'll be exciting to see like where the film goes from here because the most what well, we do have a showing in Toronto. If anyone's in Toronto, there's one on June thirtieth. So, but it most recently was just shown on the uh, in Parliament, like in on in like the capital of Canada, in like our our house, our, our Parliament house, and they were shown to like members of Parliament and stuff. So I mean like. Obviously, yeah, I was going to mention that just about ten days ago, eh? Right? Yeah, last week. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and there we are running close to time, and I know that there's more things that you want to talk about, but <laughs> you know, there was the youth council, as oh, I recall, yeah. or something like that, yeah. and um, so the fact that you participate in spiritual exploration doesn't mean that you're in a cave somewhere being a monk and trying <laughs> not to be involved with your community and I find that uh, encouraging really I would say mm-hmm. um, because to some extent and I don't want to I don't want to trash anybody's path because everybody's path is their path and that's what they do. But um, it's refreshing to see somebody putting their their inquiry into values and into action. That's um, well. That's it's kind of like you said. There's something special about writing something down. It's getting it out the first time into physicality, mm-hmm. and it's like a, a step along the way towards manifestation and and. Um, and it's the actions like having a place that people can go and and yeah. explore together and um oh wow <laughs> that's interesting someone's ringing that's interesting that was uh Tuesday night's guest actually calling i guess to tell me that we're getting close to time <laughs> i don't know yeah so how do you guys want to do this are we uh it was old Carl Sheldon shutting off soon or well, I think I think that um, we need to have you back. Absolutely. First of all, we yeah, definitely um, need to have you back. Um, so because, many sides to cover. Yeah. Well, like I mean, that's the thing, you know. With the, going back to the paradigm shift meetings, like there's never a shortage of stuff to talk about. Like we just keep it, there's so much, and and you can revisit things like over time too. So we'll do that. And that's part of the fun for me, anyway, is revisiting things and seeing. Then you can see the shift. Mm-hmm. You know, you look back at something you did a year ago, and then you go, "Wow, really?" Because it's different. The whole—it's one reason I don't go back and listen to shows that are old, old shows. They're goofy. <laughs> oh no, no, it's all good stuff, and it's good for showing the the trail and the and the. We're all multidimensional people, and that we can be multidimensional people right here. You know, you can be a really good whatever it is that you do for work or passion and a spiritual seeker and uh, someone that's active in your community. Uh, and uh, and that's really, I think, what we need more of. I'd like to see some spiritual questing from everybody. Yeah. So and, and you know right. what? Like, everybody. that's... I, 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 it, I, there's a time and a place for everything. Like I said, if this whole paradigm shift thing, if this picks up, I, and I hope it does, like as more 
paradigm shifts start to emerge, like, I want to see that. I want to see, like, a paradigm shift like New York. I want to see a paradigm shift like L.A. or even, like, in smaller towns and stuff. Like, that, I hope, I hope that happens. Or even Houston. Absolutely, right? And all it takes, like, it's not, you know, it's it's not, there is no, like, right or wrong way of doing it sort of thing. So it just takes a small group of people to begin with. You guys meet in a yoga studio, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we do. And that's, like, that's a real privilege in itself. Like, I used to work at that yoga studio, so that's part of the reason how we got that deal. But, yeah. Ah. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, try talking to your yoga students. Obviously, they're about that sort of lifestyle, so they might be quite willing to support it. Like, they don't charge us, so. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of yoga yoga studios that may have a time block that they're not doing anything with yeah. anyway. So, uh, and people that come into the meeting get to see yeah, it's the yoga place. Them, so. so, it's good promotion it's for them. Vision. You you can work out an energetic exchange. Yeah. Um Money does not have to be a block to this or well no. anything else, but no, yeah, like money. Um, I mean, the only money if someone's interested in looking in this, like, I mean, you're investing time, and then other than that, you're investing minimal money on things like printing and stuff like that. So it's it's totally doable, and I I think people like within these coming months, like definitely things have to pick up. But I mean, not to even get into like the whole topic of like what's going to happen like come the end of 2012. Because I mean, like for me personally, like I am totally like like willing to embrace the idea that I'm still going to be here come 2013, come 2020, and like so on, so on, right? So I mean, in that sense, like I want to be like on like the 3D, so to speak, for like a while longer because like that's where the work needs to be done. In, in a lot of ways and I think it, it's happening and it will happen because a lot of people are sort of waking up to this shift and will continue to wake up to the shift within the next coming months like a lot of groups are super active online and everything like now right now but um, I think that's you know we're, we're, just, we're still in that cocoon phase and then as we start to emerge out of that cocoon that means doing the physical like being out in the community and getting more people and showing more people that this stuff exists because like one of the things that I want to be able to reach out to is like the younger crowd the crowd who's just like a generation behind me like the uh, 15, 16, 17 year olds who are like are in high school right now because I mean I think for me my age group we're sort of in like this really sensitive pocket where we weren't like dependent on iPhones or anything and we were just on the edge of like uh, the Super Nintendo generation sort of thing like that's kind of the best way I can pinpoint the time frame but um I, yeah, I just have, like, a little bit of a concern because I see so many kids now within that uh, high school age bracket who are just so, like, distracted because they're the ones who are being bombarded with the media and stuff right now. So it's our, we have to do, we have to take, like, the responsibility to, like, find out how to, like, reach out to these youth because, like, obviously they're going to need to be there. Like, they, you know, they need to get involved with this stuff so that they can help out the next generation of youth. And then that's the idea, it's just to keep it perpetual from there. And it's, uh, it's exciting, for sure. And it's something everyone can be a part of. Like, there is no age group, right? So. Right. Absolutely. Exciting is the key word in, yeah, um, in our current times. It is exciting. It's very exciting. I'm totally excited <laughs> about... Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Every time I think about the next generation and the potential, the vast amount of potential... Um, that I have been blessed to witness within the next generation, both through my work as as a radio host, as an author, a movie maker, and as a mom, it kind of blows my mind. I'm just I'm so excited for what our world is going to become. I have absolutely no fear about the future. I just it's going to be fun. It's going to be such a fun ride. 
Absolutely. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Indeed, we have to have him back, and that's all there is to it. That's all there is to that. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention quickly, because I I already put the offer into the chat room, but for those listening, um, phoenixrising at gmail.com, and um, drop me a line, and I will send you a PDF, free PDF of one of my books. If you mentioned that you were listening to tonight's show. Yes, that's fantastic. What are we um lost? <laughs> and it's F E E N X rising at Gmail. Yes, F E E N X. Phoenix. Yes. It just have to be a little unique, a little different, yeah? Oh, of course. Well I mean I've never been considered to be normal. So um, I I've seen normal. I don't really want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> um so next Tuesday we have who do we have? No. You know? Oh no. your computer's being foul. I forgot. That's right. Uh we have Sunil from Nepal on Tuesday from the Youth Foundation in Nepal. And then on Thursday, Franco De Nicola from uh the Collective Evolution Group and, and his own website and, and uh stuff is gonna be here again on Thursday, so And that that'll be a ride. Big stuff. Come, oh, yeah, yeah. We always go interesting places with Franco. Franco's yeah, fun. If you really like tonight's show, then drop by for Franco's show for sure because um, it, it's much in alignment with what we've been talking about tonight. And uh, it's Yeah, our cal- you'll find our calendar on our website of our upcoming shows, um, and you'll find that we cover just about everything from independent musicians to spirituality to... Youth foundations in Nepal and Absolutely. people in the Philippines. And yeah, we just do all of that. Movie right. makers. Movie and, makers. And you can always go back to our website, uh, www.everydayconnection.me, and see our archive shows. We've had some interesting guests. Um, we had uh, the Thrive Movement on. We had, um, well, we've had some interesting guests. We've had some very interesting <laughs> guests. Daryl Anka, the <laughs> Channel Spitgar. Yeah. Talked about his movie that he's making. Turns out he's been working in Hollywood this whole time. That was, his, that was his day job. He just never talked about it in the Bashar materials. Absolutely. And, um, uh, we have some excellent shows on health with oh, uh, Dr. Tully, Terry Walls. Dr. And, Terry Walls, uh, outstanding. Great show, great show that we just did recently with Mama Webb that um, oh. talked about diet and health. So, yeah, I mean, the the menu is, well, it's a buffet, really. Yes, Buffet, big juicy buffet. Absolutely, and we couldn't right. do it without our guests, so we should probably thank our guests tonight. Yes, for giving us your time and yourself. You, I just love people that come stand on their truth and go, "Look, this is the way I see it." I don't know, because that's what we're after. Absolutely, well, and I do forward hope to having you back. Absolutely, yeah. 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 This, hope you come back. This is uh, this is a good solstice, I think. Yeah. It, it absolutely is, and what a wonderful... How appropriate was that? Like, even just the 100th 100, show lining up with the solstice? Like, it, it's totally... Synchronicity yeah, totally unplanned. Show all the time. We don't plan anything, it's, but our show is so synchronistic. It's absolutely nuts. Um, I also want to thank all the guests listening tonight. Um, we, we're going to be looking forward to having you back. Uh, great conversation in the chat room this evening. So, I mean, that was that was... And we do. We get some great conversations going on in the chat room. Yeah, and so we want to thank you guys for that, for being engaged, and um, for 
for opening up the discussion and taking it further than than we would be able to take it if it was just us alone. So excellent stuff. All right. So like I said, we have Sunel on Tuesday. So we hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And uh, will join us on Tuesday and uh, especially Thursday for uh, Franco. But until then, stay connected. Night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.